If you wanna know how to go on with your roommate, be sure to tune in with your friends to dear roommate. They always come and mean, won't even clean. They bring unwanted guests. So come on, share your questions. Don't second guess it to dear roommate. Oh, if you need advice, we wanna help you. So fast, so fast. You. So, fast. so why don't you go? episode of Dear Roommate Podcast, where we listen to your roommate issues and give you expert advice on how to deal with them. Hey roomies, and I'm your host, Nikita. I'm an econ major, and I just want to say that these classes for spring semester are no joke. No, I agree. <laughs> Honestly, I yeah. have been struggling ever since getting back from break. Ooh. This semester is not too tough, but it's been a, it's been a rocky road this yeah. far, and we just started. And even this spring break, it's it's only like maybe three or four weeks away, but it feels like a decade. Do you have any spring break plans? Oh, I'm going to be sleeping and hanging out with my family. That's, I feel that. Yeah. Um, I know you, y'all will, will be probably going to Miami, you know, having your <laughs> girl spring break, but I just want to sleep. I'm tired, y'all. This is true. I wish I was sleeping. I'm going to ASB. Oh. And I'm going to Detroit. So I'm excited, but mm-hmm. Miami does seem fun. Miami seems fun. Uh... There's that ASB plug. Y'all should y'all should go. If Please you go. Already. Please. It's a really good experience. Yes. Um, yeah, I I was going to go to ASB, but my parents miss me too much. <laughs> That's <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm sorry. That's funny. next year. There's always next year. Very true. Very true. And speaking of spring group and break, sometimes I just want to relax and take a little break from the stress of school. And what better way to do that? Then with a new bay or a boo. Yay, bay or boo season. <laughs> yes, indeed. Y'all better get booed up. Yes, please do. Please. Because Valentine's Day by yourself, you can make it. You know, Valentine's Day is what you make it. You don't have to be sad if you're single. <laughs> I'm just saying it's more enjoyable with a boo. <laughs> this is true, but I'm currently living single at HU. Oh, me too. <laughs> we say this, uh, you know, we say all this, but... Anyone who's uh, looking for a boo, hit me up. <laughs> I'm crying. We're All trying. right. Well, let's get into our episode, Living Single at HU. Thank you all for tuning in. To the host of Dear Roommate, I promise I love my roommate. We get along well, we don't have any issues about cleanliness, and we even have a great time partying together. But there's just one thing that I refuse to ignore. They don't respect my pronouns. And with Valentine's Day coming up, I'm afraid they won't respect my dating choices either. At the start of the semester, I told my friends I prefer to be addressed as they, them. And I've had a hard time trying to get my roommate to respect my wishes. Anytime I try to correct them or have a conversation about it, they either laugh it off or shut me down. I don't 
have a boo for Valentine's Day, but I want to celebrate my kind of love, not just the heteronormative kind. It's becoming extremely frustrating, and I don't want to end our friendship over this, but I feel like it's a slap in the face to who I am. I'm especially worried about how they will react to me bringing someone I like in our room. I don't want to have to bring this up to the RA because I feel like it isn't necessarily something they could do about it. But I really need some advice on what I should do and possibly someone who's been in the same position that I could talk to. Sincerely, someone who just wants respect. All right, welcome back, roomies. And today I have with me a very cool person. <laughs> uh, Alexis Grady, uh, Gr um, their pronouns are they, them, and they're the president of Cascade. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure, hi everyone. My name is Alexis Greeny. I'm a senior political science major from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And as Nikita said, I am the president of Cascade um, and also the chair of Senate. And as president of Cascade, um, of course, you do a lot. But <laughs> do you want to like kind of give us a brief summary, like just for people who don't really know sure. what it is? Um, so Cascade is the premier um, LGBTQ organization for undergraduate students on Howard University's campus. Um, we do a variety of things, but mostly we uh, do programming and advocacy work. Um, our primary role is advocacy work. So basically taking on issues and making sure that we're pushing towards closer to equality for LGBTQ students and that they're accommodated properly. Yeah, and so if you see any of the LGBT courses uh, on campus or any of the events, you should thank Alexis because a lot of them would not be here without without them. So yes, thank you. <laughs> thank all of Cascade. Yes, thank all of Cascade. Everyone works really hard, but uh, Alexis is one of the final final pushes it takes to get get stuff on the road. And because of that, uh, I wanted to get your opinion on the listener letter. Sure. And uh, listeners, I'm sure you you've just come back from hearing the listener letter, so. I don't even really need to explain what the listener letter was, and I just explained it to, to Alex, so what's your take on the whole thing? Um, I think that the fear is very valid. It's also a fear that I shared as a freshman having a roommate that was like, quite similar. Um, I guess there's one of two ways. You could lay the groundwork and try to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, but also understand that this is like a violation of Title IX and you're well within your grounds to go to your RA or whoever is a superior person in your dorm if you don't feel comfortable. Um, but I think being very firm about, like this is not your decision to make for me, I'm not asking your permission to bring someone home regardless of their gender or how they present. Like I'm not asking you for permission, this is already something I'm allowed to do, it's my room. Um, but also maybe bringing a friend to the conversation can be helpful, it can be, especially if you're an underclassman, it can be really daunting to have these conversations with a person that you have to live with. Yeah. So I definitely understand. Yeah, too. it's just a scary, scary thing to have to do, especially because, like, it's not like it's your, you know it's your classmate or something like that. That's somebody you live with. So right. if something goes bad, yeah, <laughs> that's just not gonna be fun. And and I I definitely know like you know as a cisgender person like, um, a lot of times like people I've found that people will, will respect uh, pronouns like while the person is in the room, mm -hmm. and then once the minute they leave. Like they, yeah. yeah, like they'll, they'll make it, uh, some people I know will make it a point of like, oh, well, I just forgot, mm -hmm. but it, it, you know, it happens more and more to the point where you realize they're not just forgetting. Yeah, they're <laughs> and, not trying. And so a lot of it is um, also supporting, you know, your transgender and non-binary friends like during this time because um, a lot of power comes from saying, like saying, no, that's not okay. Right. And it's, it's not just on 
you know, non-binary and trans people for to, to advocate for themselves, but it's also on us as cisgender people to to help them because that's yeah. it's not right for someone to have to constantly, you know, be aware of, of the danger they're in and never get to feel safe. Yeah, yeah, it's really taxing, I would say definitely to the level that your trans friends are comfortable. Um, try advocating on their behalf because it takes I, it's so much when you're removed from an issue it's so much easier to advocate for it versus like the emotional toll of being like having an issue that you are affected by advocating for it over and over again yeah. so as much as cis people can step up I think that's so helpful yeah, yeah. absolutely and I know the listener letter, letter was a bit heavy so yeah. we're gonna go into some lighter territory <laughs> we're gonna get, get to know you and sure. one of my questions is what you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. So what comes to mind when you hear living single at Howard University? Because this is our living single ep- episode. Mm-hmm. So how has your uh, how how has your la- um, camp on campus life been with the whole living single thing? Um, well, I have not been single for most yes. of the time I've been at Howard. Um, but I think that especially in the queer community, it's kind of smaller knit. Mm-hmm. So I guess um, what comes to mind is kind of separating yourself from people that you're dating, like creating an individual identity. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times we can see the couple as a unit and we always like refer to them in relationship to each other. But I think that it's so important, whether you're single on paper or not, to have that, maintain that independence and that individuality. I think it's important. And I think in a college relationship, which can be feel all-encompassing, sometimes we forget to be our own individual person. Yeah, and... And the reason I wanted your opinion on this uh, on this topic of living single is um, a, a lot because um, a lot of our crew, including myself, are single, <laughs> and um, a lot of us have the same like commiserating attitude towards yeah. it. You know, living single, like ah, yet again, here we are. And so uh, I know you you mentioned like you know um, having like even though you're part of a couple, being you know two separate entities, being two people really. Mm-hmm. And so, how did you like come about that? Like, did what did it take uh, like um, some hard hard lessons to to learn to like kind of separate yourself into like two entities instead of like just going with it? Um, I don't think so. Um, me and my girlfriend just started dating like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's relatively new. I think people don't know already. Mm-hmm. But one thing that we've always tried to establish since when we were friends is. Um, like, it's just important to have our own interests and our own things outside of each other. And then when we come together, we're coming together as two, like, whole people with, like, our own interests and our own passions that we can support each other. Yeah. Yeah, like, honestly, that's all you can ask. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, uh, being um, a black uh, LGBTQ member of the community, mm-hmm. um, do you f- uh, find it hard to, to find the one at Howard? And you mentioned that you, you have a girlfriend, but um, was it hard to find to find somebody at Howard, especially because it's, you know, a little bit of a heteronormative campus? I think uh, probably for lesbians we have it a little bit better <laughs> because <laughs> the campus is mostly, um, majority of women are femme-identifying people. That's very so true. It's almost like 75%. <laughs> yeah, it's at least 70-30 now. Mm-hmm. So we have a more options. Um, it wasn't, I don't think it's difficult if you're in the right spaces to meet people. Uh, my whole floor was gay, like mm-hmm. my freshman year, so I was oh, lucky beautiful. to like, <laughs> be around people who are similar to me. Mm-hmm. But I know that it can be hard, especially um, 
to feel like the dating pool is small when you're seeing the same people every day. Yeah. But there's just so, so many more queer people on campus, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think especially, like, not to plug Cascade again, but um, Cascade's a great way to, like, meet with people. Yeah. Like, the fact is, like, there is, we have a group, meet, group chat on, on there, yeah, and yeah. so... It's always, like, I think even now they're, like, planning a Valentine's Day party or something. Yeah. And so it's always good to, like, go out and meet people. Yeah, yeah. it's a great safe space to meet people, especially if you haven't dated that much. Mm -hmm. um, like, in the LGBTQ community, like, it's a safe space to try and see what you like. Yeah, and even if you just want a friend who's the same orientation as you, yeah, you can you can do that. It's a good yeah. place. <laughs> it's a good, great place to be. And, um, you know, the, since you're in a relationship... Most of these questions are going to be about that since it is a Valentine's Day episode. Yeah, that's fine. And um, do you find Valentine's Day to be tedious for the LGBT community? Like, um, how would you compare your experience around like Valentine's Day, like when you're single and now when you're dating? Um, not tedious. I think that there can be a lot of pressure on it because like. Well, for one, there's, like, social media, and not everyone is out to the, their whole family mm -hmm. or everyone that's on their social media platform. So there's always a question of, like, are we going to post? And then, like, Valentine's Day is so modeled after, like, what heterosexual couples do. Like, all the examples of Valentine's Day that we see are usually, um, like, a man and a woman, and the man is going to bring, like, the standard gifts and stuff. So it can be a bit daunting at first, I think, to, like, figure out what you want to do that fits your profile as a couple. Um, but I don't mind the tedious. I'm very sappy, <laughs> so I like horny stuff. Um, I like like the holidays a whole hour. Yeah, I'm I'm a very sappy person too. Like I do like getting like chocolate and the roses and the whole works. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, the only thing I'm I'm a little critical of is always just the prices yeah, around <laughs> Valentine's Day. Like, I don't know if you know this, but um, roses are now nineteen ninety nine for a dozen. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, my college budget. But definitely, um, I don't know, the after Valentine's Day sales also slap, so. Uh, oh, yeah. Getting the candy sales and everything. And just getting a second date. much as you can. Yeah. And for, uh, for our listeners, if you don't know this tip already, you should, when you're buying Valentine's Day chocolate, unless you want to have it, have chocolate, like, you know, on the day of, right. which is always, you know, it's always good to have Valentine's Day chocolate, you should go the day after, because that's when they have sales. It's like 50% off. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's really good. <laughs> and, um, and how do you feel about the, the like, gendering? Like, the very, like, gendered stuff that comes with Valentine's Day. Like, I don't know if you've seen those. Um, they usually have these at Target, but, like, everywhere, really, where it's, like, the for him gifts and the yeah. for her gifts. How, how do you feel about that? I was shopping online mm -hmm. um, for my girlfriend um, earlier today, mm -hmm. and I saw the for him and for her section, and I like I definitely paused a little bit because I feel like gender plays such a small role in our relationship mm -hmm. um, as a whole, and I think that we could both easily like gifts from both sections. Yeah. Um, so it can be a little daunting. This is like one of the those holidays where you're faced with gender, maybe you don't think about it every day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely was a little bit like, uh, like taking a step back and like just trying to parse through which gifts I actually want to get. Mm -hmm. And also like, what, uh, do you feel that, um, you know, like, you know, gender gifts during Valentine's Day can, can be kind of cute, you know, like mm -hmm. having like a for, for her section and a for him section can help like, heteronormative couples but mm -hmm. do you think it, it does more harm like than 
like help like when it comes to like especially because like you know it's created the stereotype of you know like girls want chocolate and chocolates and flowers and mm-hmm. get your get your man a nice watch right and, and like all like all these stereotypes like do you think that's like more harmful in the long long term or like how do you feel about it um i don't think it's completely neutral um i think that it just makes things more frustrating i think mm-hmm. it's kind of similar to the debate that was like um a couple of years ago about having the um like for toys for boys and then toys mm. for girls section like yeah. at Target and they took those away. Mm-hmm. I think that it can help people to expand their mind. Even straight couples like not every man wants the same thing and not yeah. every woman wants the same thing. I think that if we can move a little bit away from the labeling, I think that would be beneficial to everyone, not even just queer couples. Yeah, because listen, anyone likes. I'm pretty sure everyone likes flowers at this point. Yeah. It's just nice to get from anybody. Yeah, I mean, how many people are pretending not to like the gifts? Or pretending to like the <laughs> gifts that they feel like they're supposed and they, to like. And they, want, they just want the receipt. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about the, the listener letter and, you know, like, what to do with your roommates. But do you have any, um, you know, any other advice for um, anyone in the LGBT community, like, and how to deal with, either, you know, non-supportive roommates, roommates that are a little too supportful, or, like, just any, like, roommates that don't really know, like, boundaries, like, any advice for them? Um, I guess the first thing that I would say is have the conversation. Um, when I was first coming on Howard's campus, I was really meek. Um, my roommate was homophobic, and, like, I, like, had to build up a lot of courage to have the conversation, both with her and eventually with my RA, and, Mm -hmm. um, it was really like not a great time because I really don't like confrontation. Right. Um, but I'm glad that I did. Like a couple like rocky days compared to like eventually being able to live in a single where I felt like I could fully express myself and mm-hmm. be comfortable in my own space was so worth it. Right. Um, and also I guess in terms of roommates who might not know a lot, just remember like you're not always on the clock. So if you don't feel like explaining some complex issue of gender or sexuality at like 11 p.m. and you're just trying to hang out, it's okay to be like, can we talk about this later? You don't have to wear your ambassador, like, right. pride ambassador badge, like, everywhere you go, especially in your own room. It's okay to not want to explain. It doesn't make you any less of an advocate. Yeah, and I honestly love that last bit you, you said about you don't ha- that you don't have to wear your ambassador badge everywhere because a lot of times it, it does feel like that. Like, you know, like, if you're the only, like, non, non-cis or, like, non-straight person in your friend group, it does feel like you're suddenly the advocate for all of the LGBT community. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I do like that part about, you know, just letting yourself relax. Like, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to be a representation, perfect representation of mm-hmm. whatever it means to be LGBTQ. Nor can you, because we're all oh, yeah, such a diverse sure. community. So, <laughs> yeah. like, putting all of that on yourself, that's something that I had to learn that was pointless to do. Um, it's just not worth it to put that much pressure on yourself. That's true, and and before we end this lovely interview, um, what, are there any like experiences like you know as um, as a non-binary person that you like if you wish you could you could have told your your younger self like maybe your like college freshman self mm-hmm. what would you tell? Them? Um, I would say that you don't always need an example of what you want to be before you go and do it. Like, someone has to be the first non-binary or something, especially when the term 
and the identity is still new, there might not be a non-binary person who has already done what you've done, whether that's on campus, in DC, in the nation, in the world. Like, it's it's okay to step out and be the first. You don't have to wait for an example. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard not to see people who are like you, but there's gonna be a, another freshman or someone else who comes in and does have that example, and I think that's worth it to try. Yeah, and uh, got any example of this? Yeah, um, in student government when I came, there were not that many LGBT people in student government. Mm -hmm. And there definitely weren't any non-binary people that I knew of when I was a freshman. Um, And right now I'm serving as a Senate chair. Um, We love to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, And it is like, it's different to try to build in my pronouns, remind people um, that I'm a chairperson, I'm not a woman, not a chairwoman. Mm -hmm. Um, Remind people when they refer to me that my pronouns are they, them. Um, and I know that I'm the first person who use, uses these pronouns to openly serve in this position. And it was like, well, I might not win the election if like too many students, like maybe they're not ready for that, they might not be supportive. Um, but since then, so many students have come up to me and just told me about um, what it means to them to see an example. And I think that if I had allowed fear to prevent me or waited for someone else, I think that we would be waiting for a long time. Yeah. That's a small, I mean, it's on a very small level, but I think that that can apply to anything that you want to do. Yeah, see, uh, uh, Alex just likes to be humble. It's not <laughs> a very small level, well, but <laughs> that, those are some very powerful words, and we are, we're going to have to end on those powerful words uh, if we want to make it to the next section. So uh, stay tuned, li- listeners, because the next section we will have some more uh, conversations and we will have potentially another guest. All right. Thank you. Our expert for today's podcast. Would you mind introducing yourselves? Hi everyone, my name is Michael Franklin and I'm a junior legal communications major from Kansas City, Kansas, and my pronouns are he, him, his. Thank you so much for being here, Michael. Um, so tell me a little bit about Kansas. I didn't even know that there were black people in Kansas. Listen, we are not the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I actually come from the only predominantly black and of color county in Kansas, and I even went to a historically black high school. You better represent for Kansas. Okay, so... Michael, tell me a little bit about what you do here at Howard University. So, I am super involved. I'm the Vice President of External Affairs for Cascade, the largest LGBTQ plus advocacy organization on campus. I'm the Vice President for the School of Communication Student Council and a proud member of the Howard University Speech and Debate Team and Howard University Mock Child Team. Oh, period. Shout out SOC. I myself am SOC Journalism, graduated in May 2022, period. You know how I'm coming. Um, SOC is the best, period. Best school. Yep. They can't keep up with us. We're on their next. They always try and say school of coloring. School School of of coloring, coloring, but where? Because what I see is words, okay? I see communication. I see communication. That's what I see. What y'all need. Period. Um, so, Cascade. What is the mission of Cascade here at Howard University? So, Cascade's mission is to advocate for LGBTQ plus students on campus, ensuring that not only are we creating a safe space and community and fellowship for students to feel safe in, but also advancing and advocating for policy interests in the university to ensure that it's being inclusive for LGBTQ plus students. This is very important work, especially on a campus like Howard University where there are many intersections of students and they all deserve to be heard and seen. 
Um, so with this episode titled Living Single at Howard University, um, I know that it can be a bit of a challenge for all students, not just LGBTQ, to find that one, to put themselves out there and find um, not just a partner, but find community um, and find places to discuss romance. So what comes to mind when you hear living single at Howard and how has your single life or not single life experience been like? Yeah, I don't know much about that single life because <laughs> on Valentine's Day, it'll be the four and a half year anniversary for my boyfriend and I. Oh my goodness, love. Love is in the air for you. Oh my gosh, you have a ring too? Yeah, a promise ring to oh celebrate my. our fourth anniversary. So cute. <laughs> I can't take it. The salt has come over me because I'm salty, but I love love and I love that for you. So being not only a person of color, but also a member of the LGBTQ community, would you say your experience has been hard um, trying to find community at Howard or what was it like coming in as a freshman here at Howard University and finding that community? So, of course, I was always, like, a bit worried because it's like, oh, my gosh, uh, well, I find, like, black queer people. Mm. But I got intro I saw Cascade, like, out and about represented early on mm. and started out as a member. And then throughout my matriculation, it just gained some more leadership and more working with the organization because they were always there, visible and inclusive for LGBTQ plus students. That's very important, being visible. And I know that it can be a challenge to um, push to be visible as a person that's openly, you know, queer. Um, so do you find that Valentine's Day or the whole month of February, like, do you find that to be pretty tedious for um, being queer and being black? Like, do you find that you are um, adequately represented um, in media and in Hallmark cards and any of that? How, how was that for you? I think in general, like, things are very heteronormative mm. when it comes to Speak on it. just recognizing queer couples for Valentine's Day, and there's always just a stereotypical representation of what love is. However, there have been a couple of things on, camp on campus that have been very nice towards making sure that things are more inclusive regarding representations of love. One example that I have to give a shout out to is Make Collective. They made a great video with tons of queer people last year around this time, just asking like, what is love? Like, what does love mean to them? Mm -hmm. And then also there was a Howard student, I cannot think of her name or her act, but she did a portfolio of queer couples entitled it Howard Love, and it was just absolutely immaculate. Yes, I love that. Shout out Me Collective, shout out Howard Queer Love. So speaking of experiences, could you describe your experience or what advice, or if any, could you give to our listeners on the subject of um, establishing gender identity issues as roommates, um, and all that. Oh, you found the yes. you found the thread. Yes, it was love at the mecca from at she's priceless. Okay, at she's priceless. Go check that out. It's her pinned tweet, and it's super cute, you guys. Yes. <laughs> um. So, how does someone who's a part of the LGBT community have a conversation with their roommate to establish gender identity issues that they may have and um, incorporate inclusivity into their living dynamic? 
And so for me, I had a roommate for the first time last semester at Howard. And like, since I live pretty openly queer, openly myself, there wasn't a super uncomfortable coming out moment because but of course in my mind I'm like does he know does he know even if like my boyfriend's hanging out and around sometimes but like it was never really something where we had a big sit down conversation but one thing that like we bonded over sports like we both are big football basketball fans and so something in the news was about New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees and how he was getting like a lot of bad press and like negative publicity for supporting an organization that was supporting anti-LGBTQ plus causes. And he had asked me about it because he was like, I thought this was just like a charity he was supporting. Why are people so mad at him? Can you explain it? And like I explained like, oh, well they're donating to this, that, and the third. And like they're doing these bad things. Mm -hmm according to like different reports right. and he was like oh okay so that makes sense why people are upset with him because like he was the face of that org or whatever mm -hmm. and like he responded like oh I never knew they were doing that but it's like just do better try I guess try and do better when betting what you're putting your likeness in your face on okay period and the black dollar and the queer dollar <laughs> it has quite an impact you know um and I think it is very important for us to Keep in mind what corporations and what people we're giving our money to. Even as minorities, the impact that we have on the economy is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I'm really glad that you were able to have that conversation and that um, we we currently live. You know, there it's becoming more um, it's becoming more acceptable and easier, more comfortable to have conversations around queerness, around these difficult subjects, um, and. Yeah, that's just really awesome for you. I'm really glad that you were able to have that experience. Um, yeah, I will say though, my experience is not the norm because mm -hmm. there are countless folks who have just gone through hellish experiences mm -hmm. with roommates not being accepting, harassing folks. And like it really sucks that more folks don't have the experience I have just because given that we all come from different mar historically marginalized backgrounds, we're able to understand how systematic oppression, like white supremacy, like has a negative effect on black and brown folks. But when it comes towards the heteronormative standards that are implemented on queer folks, or knowing that folks have the intersection of being black and queer at the same time, or black queer and woman, or black and woman at the same time, like we have to understand those intersections lead to different effects on folks. And it's just so important that we open our minds towards being able to understand that we might not have the same experiences, but we can understand how systems of power work and can negatively impact folks. Period. Um, whether you're an ally or you are a, a queer person, there is no model for the bison. We are all bison. We should all be down for that conversation and we should not expect anything from each other but to be ourselves and it should be a space of inclusivity because overall, you know, after all, that's what we want. That's what we're here for, to build community, to build community between people of color and that includes people of color that have all these intersections. So thank you so much for that, Michael, that insight. Um, so what are three takeaways that you would love to leave our roomies with? So I would say first is be comfortable you just always need to be in a space to where you're
comfortable with how you're living your life, whether that's being out, whether that's being discreet, whether that's keeping things private. You need to live in a manner that's comfortable to yourself because if you aren't comfortable, then you aren't going to be at your best. Next, I would say I want you to make sure that you find community. So definitely pull up to the Cascade office Slack. in Blackburn sometimes. Will do. Got it. <laughs> because when you have a community to lift you up, then it creates an opportunity for everyone to be able to grow and uplift themselves in a variety of ways. And then finally is living your life with more oh wells than what ifs. It's a quote that a good friend of mine told me back in high school and I've taken it and ran with it since. I would rather say oh well to something going wrong than thinking back and just pondering what if all the time. Okay, well, you heard it here. These are the keys from Michael. Okay, keys to success, keys to living your best life, keys to being yourself, keys to finding love and community here on Howard University. Michael. Where can we find you on social media if we need to ask you a question? So, on both Twitter and Instagram, I am on there at mfranklin628. June 28th is my birthday. Ooh, I'm sorry. a cancer. Uh, whatever. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> we'll deal with it. But also, so find me on social media there. Also, definitely pull up to the Cascade office or any Cascade events too. What's the next Cascade event? We're having an event tomorrow night. We're ha So we're having quite a few events oh, coming up, actually. Keep an eye out, you all. So February 13th, we're having an event with the Zetas that we're incredibly excited about. Ooh. February 14th, Valentine's Day, we're having an event with the NAACP chapter on campus. Oh, snap. Okay, NAACP. Um, February 18th, we're having a general body meeting. As you should. And a resume workshop along with it. And then I would say one of our biggest events coming up is March 27th, 2020, the second annual As Queer As It Is Black Conference, 40 Years in the Making, dedicated to teaching about the history of LGBTQ plus organizations on Howard University's campus and navigating the world through black and queer intersections with also learning opportunities for folks who want to be allies or who want to advocate and be at their best. So that's March 27th, 2020, in the Lewis Stokes Health Science Library on the fourth floor, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. There definitely will be more information. Follow Cascade social media at CascadeHU on Twitter and at Cascade underscore HU on Instagram to stay up to date with what we're doing. Period, you heard it here. You got the ads, you have the names, you have the offices, you better show up. You're an ally or a queer person, you know where to go. Talk to Michael if you need some help. Thanks for listening, roomies. Thanks for having me. Bye. Wow, powerful words from Michael Franklin. Um, he really did drop some gems on us today. What do you think? I honestly would have to agree with uh, Michael. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, Especially, like, when you're new to college, mm -hmm. you know, as the resident freshman. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can definitely attest to the fact that um, I have, I, you know, I've had friends that, you know, are in the LGBT community, and they, you know, some of them, their roommates are super cool, and, like, they're willing to help them through things, but mm -hmm. I know others who, you know, have roommates who aren't so cool about things. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just really important to remember that um, this Valentine's Day, it's not so heteronormative anymore. Right. That's so played out. Yeah. The whole guy meets girl, like, 
Sometimes the girl meets the girl. Sometimes <laughs> the girl meets the girl. Sometimes the girl meets a non-binary yeah. boo. You know, like, it's levels. Yeah. It's levels to this, you know. So I just really appreciate that perspective that, you know, Valentine's Day is no longer this heteronormative thing. It is shape-shifting, and it should be respected as it's changing into yeah. everything that it's changing into. Um, yeah, and change is a natural thing. Change is a natural thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was a smooth little that transition. Was, that, was, that was nice. <laughs> I saw that. I felt that. And yeah, like tra- change is natural because Valentine's Day, you know, it started out as like a Christian holiday for some come guy on named Valentine. Oh, come on with the history. Exactly. And now, you know, Hallmark was like, hey, why not celebrate love instead? Let's make money off this. Yeah. That's what Hallmark That's said. That's what they said. But yeah. we said, no, nah, we're going to celebrate love. Mm. And then now we're saying, hey, let's celebrate some friendships too. Yes. Like Galentine. Galentine. Exactly. What a gem. Galentine, yeah. for those of you that don't know, Galentine is a celebration. Celebration. A celebration. <laughs> it could be a celebration. It could be a celebration <laughs> because it's all about change, but it's a celebration with you and your homies, you and your gals, you and your girls, where you appreciate and show love to your friends. It doesn't have to be romantic. It can be platonic while you're also showing your friends that you love them. And How cute is that? Honestly, I am, I'm going to go on the record to say this. I'm a huge fan of Galentine's because it, <laughs> it's cute. Like It's, it's cute. Super, it's super cute. And it like gets me in the Valentine's mood before Valentine's because mm-hmm. I'm already in that cutesy mood. It's like, oh, I love my friends. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, maybe a potential boo. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you listeners better hit me up. Right. <laughs> Slide in my girl's DMs. You know stop my social playing. media already. You already yeah. know. Like, stop playing. Yeah, come on. <laughs> well, what, um, how awesome it is to, to live in a day and age where, you know, we can celebrate friends and show love to our friends without having the pressures of romance and all of those. Let's just, like, leave that back in 2019, you Please. know? <laughs> like, we're, we're really doing things differently now. You know, Valentine is coming. And who cares where your boyfriend okay, is? Okay, this, this girl's been going on about, about this TikTok the whole day. Yes, TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> Dear li- listeners, please listen to this TikTok. <laughs> please go on TikTok and look up Valentine is coming. Yeah, it's not Valentine. It's Valentine. Valentine. Okay? Because it's, it's coming. coming. It's coming. But there's no need to fret, roomies, because you can show love with your homies. And yeah, and your homies and anyone you want. Anyone you want. Yeah. like It's all about love. Yeah. Like, Go out, go ask that that cute guy or that cute girl mm-hmm. or that cute non-binary person mm-hmm. in your um, in your bio lab or your math yeah. class, like that you've been crushing on all semester. Mm-hmm. Go ask them for some coffee. Go go ask them for a date, and if they say no, that's all right. That's okay. That's okay because you know you love yourself at exactly. the end of oh, the day. Oh, Ooh. that's beautiful. <laughs> Ooh, that got me right in the heart. Okay, you see how <laughs> dynamic this is, okay? Self-love. You got friend love. You got boo love. Oh. You know, you got crew love. You got whatever oh, she's you coming up with. Okay. <laughs> she's thinking. Because now, you know, now I'm just spitting bars. Yeah. But you get the gist, roomies. <laughs> yeah, and what my girl said about self-love, do that. Do go that. Get, like, if you've been on a diet, go get yourself some Starbucks on mm-hmm. Valentine's Day. Get something. <laughs> Dude, get you some sweets. Go in Jasmine's Please. Cafe and get you a nice Ooh. donut or something. You know, it's it's all about loving yourself. Oh, get get some chocolate chocolate donuts. Get you yes, yes. yes. Nobody's getting you chocolate. Get yourself. Get yourself some chocolate. Some chocolate. Please. It's that simple. Yeah. 
And that wraps up another episode of Dear Roommate. We want to give a big shout out to our guest, Michael Franklin. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, we really, really did enjoy talking to Michael and getting uh, his ex perspective on things. And a huge thank you to everyone tuning in. Mm -hmm. If you'd like to keep up with our next episode, which is coming out in two weeks, two weeks you've got three options. Number one, go to bit.dearroommate uh, or search on SoundCloud, Dear Roommate, and listen from there. Or, your last option, look for a flyer around campus and scan the QR code. You have no excuses not to tune in. This is for you all, okay? We're trying to drop gems for y'all. Yeah, even don't even try to say you don't have the data to download our episodes because we got it on SoundCloud. We got it. Everywhere. everywhere. We got it on everywhere. Google Podcasts. Oh. I didn't even know that they had oh, podcasts. Oh, my girl's going off. Go. Okay. <laughs> Spotify. Like, wherever you need mm -hmm. us, we're there. Stop playing. You, you, All you need is a phone. <laughs> Not even that at this point. You can listen on your laptop if you want. You turn us on while you're you're doing your studying. Turn us on in the shower. Yeah, come on. Start your day with us. Start come your on. day with us. End your day with us. Exactly. Do your skincare routine. Oh, drop your with skincare us, routine. Okay. When you're doing your self love for Valentine's Day to love yourself. Okay. And give us all these Valentine's Day recommendations and your skincare routine, your Valentine's Day routines on our social media accounts at Dear Roommate, and make sure to use the hashtag hashtag Dear Roommate and hashtag He Roomies. When you're talking about, you know, your Valentines, give us some stories, give us some embarrassing tidbits, <laughs> or if you don't want to, just give us what you're doing on Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. We'll be back with another discussion in about two weeks. See ya, roomies. Bye, roomies. Bye.